Chapters seventy one to eighty of Krilov's Fables by Ivan Andreevich Krilov. Selected and translated by C. Fillingham Coxwell, M.D. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kevin Davidson. Chapter seventy one The Pike and the Cat. A fighting pike had strange desires, leaving its haunts revealed ambitious fires perhaps was sick a fishy fare would choose a better saying that habits past the future should not fetter i begged a neighbor puss of large and pleasant kind to lead it gently when he went a-praying together they might some mice find all right the tom replies an interest deep displaying you happily bear the task in mind for us you know the work is nice and cheerful if victims find it tearful we steal about of peril never fearful how good of you my friend so i'm to catch some mice no more for me will perch suffice and now tis time let's go and take our places tom soon fulfils his utmost wish and hastes to see how fares it with the fish which open mouth reclines distressed and feverish rats on its tail have left their traces Alas, the foolish thing is almost hope beyond. So the cat hurries it with vigor to a pond. This lesson is sound teaching, should be far-reaching. Henceforth, O Pike, be wise. On land might come a grim surprise. Chapter 72 The Leaves and the Roots In summer hues arrayed, and throwing o'er a dell deep shade, fluttering leaves to zephyrs whispered lightly vaunted their growth prolific greenness pure twas thus they questioned with a bearing sprightly does not our beauty form the valley's noblest lure do we not clothe the tree with verdure clinging adorn the shape that bold outflinging sends shadows wide and far so singing we truth reveal and practice no deceit who guards the herd from sultry heat on worn-out passer-by bestows a kind protection blesses with helpful cool and calm coy shepherdesses dancing to perfection here from each foe secure and every false alarm sweet nightingales agree to charm but sharp winds ne'er a curtain relieves us from your force tis certain O oh, leaves, you render us no single word of thanks. Here said, as if from underground, a voice, not loudly. Tis strange that you should boast so shamelessly and proudly, High o'er these earthy banks. How dare you deck yourself with specious glamour? The leaves keep silence, and excuses cannot stammer. O oh, hark, and learn that we— ere digging in the dark bring nourishment do you not really know us we are the mighty roots some gratitude then show us boast gently at the proper hour always remember please this difference in our power only a while in spring are new-born leaves appearing but ever roots their course are steering else grows nor tree nor leaf nor flower chapter seventy three the two casks down rolled two casks of wine one full but void the other its brother the first air slow and noiseless 
liked its easy motion the second a devotion evinced to sound and roar was by each crash upbuoyed and not annoyed when quick in fear a passer-by who gained a notion in time of what was coming stepped aside however thunderous its stride its worth was not enough to vindicate its pride the man who of his deeds would talk without cessation awakes not admiration but a soul capable can silently fulfill inspired by worthy plans is often still maturing without noise and yet completely discreetly chapter seventy four the parishioner once in a church a pastor who looked on plato as of eloquence a master discoursed before his flock concerning worthy deeds a speech mellifluous of perfect form proceeds to treat a purest truth with art appearing artless as by a golden chain to heaven are lifted thoughts of hearers even heartless and all perceive the world is full of projects vain the orator has finished preaching and yet his listeners stay being to glorious skies borne by the magic power of wondrous lofty teaching while pearly drops escaping flood their eyes and now the congregation leaves the temple holy how i his gifts admire says one man to the next in modest tone and lowly what sweetness touched with fire such richness every heart to virtue has deflected but neighbor you by it seem little affected your cheek displays methinks no single tear have you not understood yes entertain no fear but with this parish and folk here i sir in no way am connected chapter seventy five the monkey and the spectacles a monkey shrewd and old growing in eyesight weaker had understood from many a speaker that though her malady was not of serious kind twere well some spectacles to find and therefore for a pair she soon became a seeker she turned the things in this way that first placed them on her tail next from her head must pick them or took a sniff at times would gently lick them then almost at the glasses spat oh let them perish says she and he is a fool that praises such a paltry tool they recommended me to take them but i've no wish for such poor toys of use could never hope to make them and down they go with fearful noise for she's determined now to break them chapter seventy six the raven and the fox this truth within the heart is graven all flattery is false and so there's no excuse if listeners succumb when flatterers seduce upon a little fir-tree lightly hopped a raven that wished to breakfast at her ease and carried in her mouth a piece of fragrant cheese but while she pondered then a morsel tasted a fox adjudged the chance too perfect to be wasted was taken captive by the cheesy scent on looking up no further on his journey went the rogue on tiptoe to the fir-tree slow approaches 
upon the bird's attention sly encroaches and gently says in accents low and clear o songster exquisite and dear your eyes are soft with love and pity i humbly bow to one so pretty ne'er have i seen such feathers such a beak o queen of all the birds but let me hear you speak or rather deign to sing enjoy a moment's leisure and charm the world with tones delightful beyond measure pour forth fine notes my gracious treasure the raven held her breath and nearly died from choking and then as if a wild ambition in her burned she opened wide her mouth for harsh discordant croaking and the fox gained the cheese his cunning skill had earned chapter seventy seven the funeral of old in pharaoh land a strange custom persisted of paying mourners fees to weep and loud lament at any funeral solemn magnificent once for pretentious obsequies enlisted a crowd of honest folk bewailed with ceaseless din the loss of him that leaving woes diurnal would find in realms infernal a purge for sin behold a stranger deeming these signs external justly betrayed but relative sincere regret said friends oh surely you were now with joy transported if unto magic i resorted i am a wizard and can miracles beget by means of incantations easily provided which make the dead revive at once father delight us so one uttered in response adding another matter we would like decided his breath no more shall last after five days are past as no advantage followed when this man was living a long existence were unwise too when he dies some will commands for further grief be giving chapter seventy eight the division some honest merchants once had reached a wise decision they would collect the profits of their trade about to make a last division would meet with cheerful smiles and nothing leave unpaid opposing interests bring collision as to the goods and money grows a hubbub dire then suddenly is bellowed house afire be quick yourselves take care of do not an instant wait cries one though danger well aware of we must accounts investigate and while a second shouts hand over now my share of the thousand pounds his voice despairingly resounds but i've had nothing though figures are conclusive a third more rudely screams no no they are elusive tell me what this is for and why oblivious of the warning cry they strangely long remained near peril coasted until at last the flames shot high and every one with all the property was roasted chapter seventy nine the ass and the nightingale to a sweet nightingale an ass directs a suppliant word oh give me friend a hearing tis said that you in song are foremost soul endearing i would a judgment pass myself could form by listening a notion wherefore your skill arouses such commotion the nightingale to show his quality began 
trilling and whistling ran, or up and down in countless ways the deftest notes controlling, now altered his harmonious plan, echoed a distant reed quickly and subtly rolling, now languished through the grove with cadences cajoling, all heed the slightest sound of such a dainty, perfect singer. The breezes still themselves, no other bird notes linger. Herds by the spell are bound. The silent shepherd stands, himself consoling with ecstasy profound, neglects the shepherdess with whom he's idly strolling. The ass would scarce at once the warbler's feeling shock. Quite good, he brays, a not unpleasing ditty, and yet I feel for you some pity. Obtain, oh, do not mock, instruction from our cock. I hold in singing he's omniscient, so perhaps you might grow in time proficient. Astonished by such words, the little nightingale fluttered and flew whither no critic should prevail. CHAPTER Eighty, THE FROG AND THE OX a frog that in a field was staring at an ox dared to compare herself with such a bulky creature. Oft envy vile at reason mocks. Stretching she hoped to swell in body, limb, and feature, and of a comrade asked, Am I not as great as he? By no means, friend. Your figure is than his far smaller. Oh, prithee look again. I've widened and am taller. Do not you see an alteration wrought? To that I'll not agree. Examine now. Unchanged, the frog, intent on trying, persisted, till the fool, dreaming to grow in size, tiny and mighty equalize, burst with her efforts, and sank helpless dying. End of chapters 71 to 80 Recording by Kevin Davidson www dot blog or die dot com